Miss Shaw here. Over the next couple of weeks, we will be releasing some history podcasts to help develop your learning. The series will cover crime and punishment. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to your favourite teacher. Today we'll start to examine changes to the definitions of crime in the early modern period. That is the time between the years 1500 to 1700. By the end of this episode, you should be able to understand the religious changes in society that led to new definitions of crime. The early modern period is well known as the time of the Reformation. And if we break this word down, it means to reform or to change something. In this particular case, the Reformation meant changes to the religious beliefs and practices held by many people in Europe and consequently England at this time. At this time, although Catholicism was the only form of Christianity that people followed, a significant number of people started to view the Catholic Church as corrupt. The church was rich where many people remained poor. There were some clergy who didn't live up to the moral standards that they set others, drinking or taking money from those that had committed sins in order to buy them a pardon in heaven. One German, who was actually a priest himself, named Martin Luther, decided that enough was enough. And in 1517, he started a protest against this corruption. He and his followers became known as Protestants. From this point onwards, people now had somewhat of a choice. They could be Catholic or Protestant. In England, under the rule of Henry VIII, the state broke away from the Catholic Church when the Pope refused Henry a divorce. He therefore set up his own church, the Church of England. This meant that Henry had free reign to decide which practices the Church of England would follow. Would it adopt Catholic practices or Protestant or a mixture of both? Well, one thing was for certain. There was no consistency in how the church was run. From monarch to monarch, the practices of the church changed. And for those who didn't fall into line, there could be harsh penalties, as we will see. Why? Well, there was a belief in divine right. The idea that the monarch had been chosen by God and that they were responsible for ensuring that the people followed God's will. So, heresy became a more frequent crime at the time because of all of this chop and change. To give you some detail, let's take a run through at each of the Tudor monarchs and how religious changes led to the criminalisation of certain people during this period. We start with Henry VIII, who, as you have heard, falls out with the Pope after he's refused a divorce and so sets up the Church of England and makes himself head of it. The Church of England actually kept many Catholic traditions, but Henry also sought to close down monasteries and nunneries so that he could take the Catholic Church's money, wealth and land. During Henry's reign, both Catholics and Protestants were punished. Catholics, who refused to take the oath of supremacy, which was effectively a promise to recognise Henry as the head of the Church, were seen to have committed treason an act that challenged the authority of the monarch. The punishment for this was execution. For Protestants who also refused to follow the practices and rituals of the church, as it held on to some Catholic traditions, their fate was the same, public execution. When Edward took the throne following Henry's death in 1547, he was only a young boy and so was heavily influenced by advisers and during his reign, the church became Protestant. This meant that the English prayer book was now written in English so that it was more accessible to the people, making them less reliant on the clergy and more responsible for their actions. Priests no longer had to remain celibate and could marry. 
church's interiors were stripped of their expensive decoration and became much plainer as Protestants believed that the wealth should be redirected to charity rather than to the church buildings themselves. Those who didn't adhere to these changes or vocalised opposition were held in prison and during his reign, two people were executed for the crime of heresy. When in 1533, Mary came to the throne, things changed yet again and the country became Catholic. Not only was Mary a strong Catholic conviction herself, she was married to Philip II, King of Spain, a Catholic country, and she wanted to reinstate the Pope as head of the church in England. Mary became known as Bloody Mary, and this was because of the number of executions for heresy under her reign, rolling in at a staggering 283 compared to Edward II and Henry VIII's 81. The method of execution was horrendous too. Heretics were burnt at the stake, which meant being tied to a pole and set on fire in public. This was intended to send a strong message to the public that they shouldn't go against the teachings of the Catholic Church. Luckily, when Elizabeth I took to the crown in 1588, she decided on a more moderate approach. Elizabeth aimed to create a Protestant Church of England, but one that Catholics might be able to follow. However, for those who still decided that they weren't on board with Elizabeth's church, there were punishments that followed, albeit tamer punishments than under the reign of Mary. For example, the Act of Uniformity stated that everybody had to go to church on Sunday and Holy Days. If you didn't, then you'd have to pay a fine. But for the fine to be applied, you'd have to have missed church on a number of occasions. Elizabeth also repealed, that means took away, the laws that had been passed by Mary, and so people weren't executed for heresy. In addition, refusing to swear an oath of supremacy became a crime. So the Catholics who didn't recognise Elizabeth as head of the church, they were now criminalised for their beliefs. So, we see a much more moderate approach compared to other monarchs. However, things did change a little when in 1569 there was a Catholic rebellion in the north of England, and then in the following year, in 1570, the Pope excommunicated Elizabeth from the church. This meant that she was no longer a member. From this point, Elizabeth started to act tougher on those who failed to attend church. After all, they might have been plotting against her, and hundreds of rebels were executed for treason. But importantly, there were only five executions for heresy during her reign. Finally, between 1603 and 1625, under the rule of James I, a Protestant, we see a relatively tolerant monarch at first. But after the events of the gunpowder plot in 1605, he takes a harder line against Catholics, with the Popish Recruitments Act stating that Catholics had to swear loyalty to the king and pay heavy fines if they didn't attend church. I hope you're finding the Crime and Punishment podcasts useful. I'm Miss Shaw with your favourite teacher. Thanks for listening.